You're listening to the All Things Geekery podcast. This is episode 15 of season three, a refined playlist. I'm your host, Detached. Hey guys, and I'm Victus. We want to welcome everyone back to the show. And if it's your first time with us, well, thank you for stopping in and joining us. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. In this episode, we're going to discuss the newly released titles of Gears 5 and Borderlands 3 and how they've stuck by the if it's not broke, don't fix it mentality. We also talk about two games that have been out for a while, but we've just recently been playing. Finally, we will wrap up the episode talking about the fantastic news of the Super Nintendo edition that was added to the Nintendo Switch online catalog. So, I mean, I just mentioned the Super Nintendo. I almost want to jump into it right now. Like, jump way yeah. to the end. I kinda, like, I kinda, I kinda, yeah, I kind of want to go to the end of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, we, we got a script to we do have a script, but I mean, we have a we have a roll ball on our mouse that allows us to scroll to the bottom. Yeah, nope, not doing it. Don't you tempt me, Satan. So we're gonna start with, I guess, Gears Five, guys. Sorry, <laughs> our our fellow co-host over here is. If you guys haven't, if you guys haven't learned this after all the time of listening and watching Victus play games. He's a little OCD when it comes to certain things. I am not. How dare you? Mm. I do not tend to uh, OCD all my games. Yes. Or look at everything, and they must be done in a certain order. Mm -hmm. Never. Mm -hmm. Just like how I played Gears 5. (laughs) Now, I didn't go for all the collectibles, and actually, I want to take us back. I'm I'm going to rabbit trail real quick. I don't know about you, but I was originally not going to pick up Gears 5. You know, after Gears 4, I mean, I finished, I finally finished Gears 4, but okay, it good. was not my favorite by any means. The The ending of the story was really nice, but the gameplay itself, meh. Gears 5 was a question for me. It wasn't one of those games that I was super excited about, but I wanted to see where they were going to go with the story. To me, I finished the first three games. The story was amazing. And at the end of three, yeah, they left some things open. But honestly, that to me was a really good finish to to that series. Four picked up in a good spot, I think. They just didn't do enough with the gameplay itself to me. Yeah, well, my problem was... they. Like, how long does it take you to rescue one guy? Like, how many right. hacks do I, ha- or how many, how many chapters do I have to go through rescuing or or escaping one spot? Right. Yeah, that um, that kind of killed it for me. Yeah, there was a couple of spots where it really dragged on. Uh, it, it was odd because we had just come off the climactic ending of three, mm-hmm. going into four. Like, how, what, how are we going to continue with this? And um, kind of starts off weird, uh, comparatively, and makes sense overall story but you're just not used to it right you're um it was a different yeah. feel it was a it different, was a different feel absolutely for sure. and maybe maybe that's where you know gears 4 took the bl- the brunt of the you know getting people back into it and understand the new story uh but i wanted to know what the next next story was and honestly um even right now i don't know that i would pay full price 
for the game Mm-mm. just because I don't plan on playing multiplayer for it. Not saying it was bad. It looks like a lot of fun. I've watched people play it. Uh, but I picked Gears 5 up because I signed up for the Ultimate. And this actually Same. lends it to Microsoft. Is you know, Once you're signed up for Ultimate, you get access to the entire catalog. Like, oh, looky there, Gears 5. Same exact thing here. Uh, I never... The multiplayer in Gears to me was never fun. But the stories were always good. So... Yeah. That's yeah. that's why I picked it up. But I'm I'm with you. I would have never paid full price for the game, mainly because all I would have ever played is just the campaign. The rest of the material for it, I didn't really care for. So yeah, like I, if I had time in the day, I would go and play the horde mode of Gears Five. I would go and try out the multiplayer. But it's more of how much you get out of it. Now, what I did play the the campaign of Gears Five. It starts off right where Gears Four ended like it exactly right off doesn't even skip a beep it just goes right into it uh doesn't skip a beep uh beat uh a beep doesn't skip a beep doesn't skip a beep um but you can immediately tell it's it's a it's a more refined game even though it's picked up uh (laughs) one thing i called out when i was streaming it uh they made the guys i don't know i don't know if you caught this they made the guys a little bit beefier they're a little thick. They're a little thick. <laughs> between been, four, like they put on yeah. like 20, 30 pounds of muscle in between uh, four G- and five. So old JD, uh, old JD has uh, gained about 40 plus pounds worth of muscle and he has no neck. So he yeah. really <laughs> looks like Marcus now, but he's yeah. balding and, uh, you know, he's pretty scarred up. But yeah, he kind of looks like a gorilla just minus the hair. And, uh, yeah well that you you get used to it like uh, besides that kind of shock right at the beginning you got used to it and <laughs> you i do i it fit into the narrative that we saw of jd uh that you saw in the trailers where he was shaved head scar over his eye mm-hmm. uh you know whatever happened to his arm because you don't know yet because he's saw a captain trailer. now he's a captain uh you find that out in the game i won't spoil it for anybody because it's still yeah. new it is still new. Don't want to spoil it for anybody. And I still haven't finished all of the campaign yet. I am, like you, a completionist, and I'm trying to find all the collectibles at the point in the time <laughs> of doing the story. And it's really distracting because the story is good, and I want to continue learning where it's going and what's going on. But, man, you see that little shiny thing over in the corner of some dark room, and you got to go find out what it is. Yeah. So off you wonder, and then you find 12 things later, and an hour and a half into discovering collectibles, you went, what was I doing on the campaign? I, I forgot. <laughs> oh, I, I had a time limit to raise that bridge. Whoop, whoops. Dang, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's... Um, so... Unfortunately, I kind of had to turn that uh, thought process for me off because I had a time frame to beat the game before gearing up, or gearing up uh, for Borderlands right. Three. Because you've been up. streaming, which yep. makes sense. I haven't, I haven't been streaming. I haven't been doing any type of writing or blogging on games. Nothing. So I've been taking my time, which has been kind of nice. Not saying I didn't rabbit trail when I was like, wait, games telling me to go that way. Oh, it's so hard. Isn't it? going that it's way. So hard. I'm going to go that way and, and figure out, oh, looky here, loots, yay. That, and so that is another thing, is they, 
loot in the game is pretty decent. I think they did a good job with making sure that's uh, pretty accessible. Yeah. Nothing over the top. Like, I don't think it's too much, but it's not too little either. And I think uh, the only thing I wish there was some more um, variety in the weapons. Kind of seems like you keep going back to the same maybe three to four for me. Those have been kind of my go-to. I've got three or four weapons that I really like. I found some new ones, and they're awful. So, Yeah, they're, I mean, they introduced one or two new ones. I think this is the first time they introduced melee weapons. Right. Yeah, so um, like the Warden's big mace that you can pick up. Yeah, that right, that one. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of fun to use for, you know, the first 30 seconds before it broke. So, yeah, right. I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, yeah, you kind of, you know, sad face after it breaks. And then you're just mad and you don't want to use it. (laughs) I never picked one up. Once I figured that out, I was like, I'm keeping my gun. Or they give you a pipe. Yeah, really a pipe. Yeah, I ditched that as quickly as I as fast as I could find another gun. Uh, It was neat. I wish they would have put it as a like instead of you giving up your weapon, you kept the 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 melee and it was infinite use. That would have um, been cool. I think it made sense for those going into multiplayer like they the, it for them to make that change where you get a melee weapon and it has quote unquote health until mm-hmm. it just shatters. Uh, it they did that for multiplayer like the, I don't to make it balanced. So. Yeah, they they did for sure. I mean, there's there's been some pretty decent weapon play so far. Um, I, I'm I love snipers and and scouts in pretty much any game. I will say this: the sniper takes a little bit of getting used to in this game because of the zoom level that you get. It's mm-hmm. like zoom level eight million on this. <laughs> game. Like you hit that zoom button, and it's it's like those movies where you. You know, you, you see the camera fly down the hallway and it just keeps going and going and going. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's the target. But it yeah. just seems like it takes so long and it's jittery as heck. So it does take a little uh, little use getting used to. Yeah, um, I I chose to continue playing on console. So I had the option. I, I thought about doing it on PC, but yeah, I'll just play it on console. I wasn't too yeah. worried um, playing, you know, playing on control like I always have. Um, but yeah, you can just you can feel the finesse in the game. Uh, smooth gameplay. Uh, oh, extremely fun. all the way through every single, even the new guns. Even the new guns are unique. They feel good mm-hmm. if you're if you like the type of weapons that they are. Um, uh, from the loots to the to the finding of, they introduced a little bit of a kind of a level up system with your with your. Uh, helper Jack. Yeah, Jack. Uh, uh, you get to level him up as Mr. you go through. As long as you go through and find components, so it's always good to check those corners. And that's mainly wi- reason why I was checking corners because right. I was on, on on a time crunch. But I knew that oh, I could uh, finally upgrade his scan to like you know help me out and it lasts longer. Or you know, also you know it if you did the side missions that that's how you get some of his unique gear. Uh, not a spoiler there. It tells you right in the tool tips. Uh, so, tooltip, go do the side missions if you want to unlock some of his uh, fourth level upgrades. They're yeah. pretty sweet. They are worth it. Definitely yeah. worth it. But, 
so gameplay right there and then story um mm. oof uh mm. i didn't expect some Story's of those uh, yeah story is good and keeps you uh engaged uh there wasn't a lot of areas where it seemed like unnecessary drug out it made sense mm-hmm. for our our uh steps along the way yeah but and it, ooh, it got the emotions right man yeah right from the beginning like within the first couple hours of me playing it's like boom boom two big ones yeah happening is like oof i just kind of like i'd lean back even though i was streaming i was like oh man wow okay mm-hmm. here we go i mean if you look at the game i mean gears has been around for a long time it's an iconic shooter the story has spanned a generation of time now it's it's become kind of one of those classic video games and I mean, the first Gears that I played was back on, what, the original Xbox? I think it's when the first one came out. I think Gears was on 360. Was it 360? Yeah, you're right. It was 360. So, I mean, that was a long time ago. Still 13 years ago. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Yep. I didn't even have kids then. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That was, uh, I, let's see. I was talking to somebody and they were wondering if Mass Effect came out first as kind of like the de facto third person. Uh, So that was 2006 for uh, the next year. So Gears of War came out first as the then de facto third um, person shooter, third person shooter. And then you had Mass Effect come in the year after. Okay. um, With it. And at the time, you know, you had pretty smooth gameplay on comparatively. Because mm-hmm. Mass Effect One's kind of rough in the movement, still is. It still is, yeah. Even even now, um, Gears Gears had some really unique weapon mechanics when it first came out. The third person, the, the third person, the reloads, like the reloads were were unique. Yeah, just the whole movement of the game, the the shifting to to different platforms and and different areas to take cover in. Yeah, it was it was very unique. So yeah, I mean. And all throughout it, they've they've had little bits and pieces, but uh, just as we said in the beginning, it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. It just continual refinement along the way. Interest, uh, int- uh, introducing different pieces that don't change the DNA a whole lot, like we saw from. Uh, I immediately thought of the comparison of what we saw go from Halo Three to Halo Four. Oh. Uh, to, and then even into Halo Five, where it's much more fast-paced. There's there's verticality to stuff, and and no, oh, it's a big word. Verticality, I like that. Verticality, yep. Uh, brain hurts now. <laughs> okay, we need to use verticality in another section of the podcast. We need to describe something as verticality declined or declined. Uh, uh, handicapped. <laughs> handicapped, yes, extremely <laughs> handicapped right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me say it again <laughs> brain is now malfunctioning <laughs> uh, 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 uh. see where was i at now i used that big word and got um but yeah don't it's, it's not broke don't fix it right so all throughout we've had refinement uh to the same gameplay same cover mechanics same weapons mm-hmm. introduced new weapons hey they're introduced new enemy okay no big deal it's still the same gears um, it is. And I think it works. Not all games can play the if it's not broke, don't fix it because they've got to introduce new things. And with those new things, they always have to try to change something. Mm-hmm. 
But I think with a game like Gears, it was so much. It was it was so different at its time when it came out. It kind of revolutionized the way that third person shooter acted. So they've just played on that, and they've done a good job of of rolling that franchise out. I think. Yeah. Well, and, and see, it wasn't in the first one. I think it was they introduced it in the second one when they finally did co-op. Yes, uh, that was number two. And it was fun just playing with it. But uh, I don't think they've done something as unique as they've done in five, where, yes, you can join right in with the second character that usually runs with you, um, Dell, or I think there's somebody else you can run with, whoever at the time. Or you can take control of the little robot the main player has been upgrading throughout the mission jack mm-hmm. you can go grab weapons just like jack can you can activate some of his abilities uh yeah I, all of them so you get yeah. to play that support class a little bit without having to be engaged in battle and yeah. kind of do some really unique things which is uh, fun yeah, oh yeah that's that's yeah. that's been fun to do for sure so they've done that um and then, uh, where are you at right now? What act? I don't remember the specific act. I did just finish up the section where you have to beat the train to the bridge. Oh, okay. So you're still in act three. Yes. Act three. That's, that's still a really good one. And there's still a lot of good, uh, story content to get to. Um, uh, the stuff that happens in act four, Oof, be be prepared and, and all those that are listening be prepared act one all of them every single one has a hard-hitting moment about the story development of what mm-hmm. is happening and starting in in gears four they build on it in gears five act two and, had some really hard-hitting stuff with kate yep, yep. so that, Find out that a lot about her like a yeah. bit huge stuff yeah like big spoilers we're not going to talk about it but uh so far out of the entire game, what was your least favorite enemy? Least favorite enemy? Least favorite enemy that, uh, you, that you came up with. Honestly, I would think it was a combo of... We've encountered them twice in the Gear, Gear Saga. Uh, would be those... Uh, uh, they're inside the bio lab. They got the tentacles coming out of the back of them. Yeah, the sires. Sires, because they're just so stupid hard to kill. Yeah, the sires um, are ridiculous. Just and they're annoying. They run, they run up to you and they try to charge you, and, and you. Because of that, I'd label them as the most annoying. Yeah, there's an annoying parts where the AI decides to be very uh, bum rush happy and runs up to his shotgun and kills you right off bat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Uh huh. Sure. Right, flush me out. Got it. Uh, but it's not all the time, so not you can't really label one particular enemy, but. Yeah, I put in that one. That one, that one's you know on the top list for me. The other one was the uh, the DB robots that got taken over. Oh, <laughs> yeah, those okay, were a the... pain in the butt. <laughs> I tried, yeah, I tried I a couple that. of couple of different methods of hey, let's sneak around, and then you know the AI would trip over himself, and it would you know react the entire room, and now you got twelve of them on you. So yeah. yeah. Fun fact, those can trap you in a corner and then they just melee you to death. They like, do. I couldn't move. I couldn't move. I was like, ah. Yeah, okay. you can't you can't run out of the way. Now here's another pet peeve that I've got. Uh-oh, here we go. Yeah, if you're if you're moving around, so for you guys that are playing the game solo, you run around with Dell or or whoever your your AI character is. So you're in a 
single person hallway with a doorway in front of you and you have 12 enemies rushing you and you know you you've got some skills to be able to dodge and move and get out of the way but guess what your ai partner doesn't because he's too dumb to move out of the doorway that you need to get out of the way of <laughs> but when you try to move he just stands there and he blocks you and guess what you get dead that's so, what happens so so what you're saying is the the enemy that you find most annoying is actually your ai partner ai yes absolutely <laughs> the ai in the game is not the greatest it's a little that's dumb all. it's a little dumb yeah i think there was commands we can issue for our ai partners if i'm not mistaken i kept trying i couldn't figure it out i never like spent time to figure that out i didn't either uh, i've just been playing but i yeah. think they're supposed there's to be yeah and that only occurred to me what you did the scenario you talked about a couple times um where they were in the way more of an annoyance they never cost me yeah uh, my you know life uh but yeah that a little bit refinement needed there Maybe. The the one uh, the one thing that really stood out to me for Gears Five was the just the overall graphics and the transitions that they did from cinematic footage to gameplay footage. I was like, that was, that was one of the first things that really stood out. You can't you can almost not even tell that there's a transition, which was pretty mind blowing. Yeah, uh, I mean, there are multiple times when it's like, okay, am I? Oh, oh, it's we're not cinematic anymore. Oh, okay, I can control now. Yeah. Uh, other times you could tell it. Like there was that, uh, you know, when you finally get to the the sand area, there was a transition there. You could definitely tell it there. Other times, yeah, yeah you're just like, uh, okay, well, okay, cinematic ended, and I'm now controlling my character. But I 100% agree. The graphics and the things and the way they utilize the different environments you go into is just fantastic yeah yeah it's a really cool world and environment that you get to play through done a good job yeah uh it, it makes sense too sometimes they, uh <laughs> it does make sense they, uh sometimes games are not the best looking compared to previous ones uh uh andromeda comes to mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but Big this time. is the best looking gears to date and, and like i said the way they've they unique environments each part that you go into uh doesn't seem like they're rehashing an environment that you went back to uh so you get to explore it all all different all uh from war-torn to sand to snow all yeah. of it so definitely been one of my favorites out of the franchise so far yeah and, and really this is not a spoiler but uh they are definitely gearing up for a six i had to yeah i can i had to say it I can I can see them I can see them prepping everybody for a for a gear six. Yeah. For sure. It's definitely just like it's setting up just the way two did um uh, going in. Oh, yeah. It, it, this is a kind of feeling the same way. Uh we're we're reaching a we're reaching we're reaching a climax of the story just like two was. So yeah, for sure. This next game that we're getting ready to talk about. I have not played a single second of this game. Shame I have you. lived vicariously through other people playing it. And uh, <laughs> I'm actually going back and, and playing through the second one to remember the story because it has been so long. But <laughs> um, that game is Borderlands 3, 
and uh, Victus has been playing a lot of Borderlands Three, so he is yeah. your he is your expert on all Borderlands things tonight. Oh well, uh, wait a second. Uh, I just know that I get to loot things. Uh, that's all I get to know. That's all I know. <laughs> but really, mayhem has begun. It has restarted. It is back with Borderlands Three finally hitting. Um, it looks beautiful. Oh man, it looks so good because of the now modern graphics. I'm running on PC right now. Ultra everything. Explosions look great. Graphics look fantastic. Um, amazingly optimized. There's some driver issues going on out in the world with NVIDIA and how it's running. And if you're running DirectX 12, just uh, don't upgrade Windows or unless you haven't upgraded in a long time, don't upgrade your NVIDIA driver a little bit. And then do that. That's that's the advice I give. But if you're running just fine, like I just cross fingers, knock on wood, uh, it it I will say this: if you expect a game, if you if your expectation of this game is to find something new or game defining with the Borderlands that hasn't been in previous Borderlands before, besides a new story, you will be disappointed. But anyone looking for more Borderlands with just more refinement of what you do in Borderlands, this is the best Borderlands to date. To date, best Borderlands. So much stuff. Uh, Everything you can think of from different quality of lives that have been included to just the, well, bazillion guns possibilities in the game. It's where you're just all the time looking for, okay, does this one do more damage? Okay, this one works my spec, but what about this third one over here? And then you look at the 50 guns sitting behind you. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing <laughs> uh, I have noticed. Okay. The amount of loot and the amount of gear that you get in the game is insane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is the most continual loot uh, of any game out there, uh, e- even to other Borderlands games, I would say because that's what they advertise and they live up to it in that it is just thrown at you fire hose in face unload loot and you just try to try to drink it all in just try uh and you're sitting there comparing and trying the different classes for which the four different classes are uh kind of hats off to some previous ones we played in their own kind of way so you have a siren that's more like a brick type melee class uh, from Borderlands 1 and 2. Then you have uh, a mech user that has her own you know, robot that's really key, a part of her build. Uh, then you have a robot beast master, which is very unique. And then you have the other roguish type of, he, he distracts a lot. He has a, he can spawn a replica of himself. Uh, I personally chess chose Moe's or yeah Moe's uh she's the mech warrior no uh she has her own little robot that she can spawn from time to time you jump in and you just rain mayhem on the enemies uh super fun run I've seen a lot of people run um the siren Amaya that's cool I think they've had a lot of fun with that one but very well done Bravo Borderland or Gearbox for making more even more unique builds on top of the many that we've seen in previous games from the pre-sequels to the borderlands one and two 
all of it. Uh, I you know, I have to say I haven't played all the pre sequel or watched like all the way through, but of the stories that I've completed all the way through, this is probably the most engaging. Most engaging where I'm like, okay, what's gonna happen next? Like, yeah, from from everything I've seen, I would definitely say engaging. It looks extremely large compared to the other two games so far. Yeah. Well, it's how much I've had to explore so far, and they're like, oh, hey, here's a new world. Uh, what? And I look at the map, I'm like, okay, we're going to be here a while. All right. New world. Let's go. Because this is the first time they've introduced where you finally get off Pandora. Yeah. And you're traveling between planets, right? You've always heard about them. You get to go to the Atlas, head, Atlas headquarters. Uh, you get to go to... Um, I'm on Eden six, you know, it's not a spoiler reveal in the plans because they're all there. Uh, different ones uh, all over the place. But just a lot of fun there. The characters are just as hilarious as before. All the originals return. We knew that was going to happen. So not a spoiler there. Uh, I, I would. Uh, I'm going to keep talking more, but just just go get it. Go play it. If you're if you're a fan of what you've encountered in Borderlands 1, 2, pre-sequel, or any other Borderlands, where it's just a bazillion guns or items you get to mess with and customize and, and, and play with, and each one has a unique feel, which is just mind-boggling how they've been able to pull that off, go play Borderlands 3. You will not regret it. Um, I think I'm about 30, 30 hours in or so, 25 hours in, nice. and I've not even hit level 30 yet. Some people are grinding pretty hard about it and playing a lot more. Uh, what's the what's the max rank? Fifty. Okay. So max rank, wow. then you hit fifty hours in. And... I think I gotta go back to look my playtime. Maybe it's not quite that high, but I've been playing a lot over the weekend. <laughs> like I plan to play it as soon as we get done with this podcast. Nice. Again. Uh, then I'll be streaming it, of course. Uh, so what has been the biggest difference in three versus the first two that you've noticed so far? Biggest would probably be how they've introduced a new mode in co-op. So previous to the point, you could hop in the host co-op, and if you're higher level than them and they're in a low-level area, you would absolutely dominate all the enemies and not get a whole lot of experience because of it. Interesting, uh, okay. Also... When you dropped, when loot was dropped, it would drop at the host level or whoever opened the item. And it was not shared loot. You would both see the exact same gun laying there and whoever grabbed it first got the gun. You still have that mode in the game about the loot. But you can change it to where it's cooperative so that for guns... Each person sees a unique gun sitting there. You open up a chest and a rocket launcher sitting there for you. Well, something else is sitting there for them and they can pick it up and, and loot it. That's a cool so, feature. Yeah, it's fantastic. I like uh, previous to that point, you know, like, oh, okay, well, okay, you're using SMG this elemental. Okay, well, you get it. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm running a little bit heavier in the Jacob class. So I like running those. Oh, okay, this one's really nice. Well, here you go. You know, I take this one. So, but here you just, what loot you get, what loot you get. That's cool. So that's that's awesome. You can still play the the competitive. I think that's what they called it. Um, but I think about everybody is running the cooperative because it just makes sense. 
they also introduce level scaling for everybody that's in the co-op group. So I went to help, I was level 22 and I went to help a uh, person that I knew. I hopped in their world. So they're like the first world you come to the first starting area. But all the enemies, at least to me, were my level or slightly under. Still did as potent damage for that level, so I could very well die. I couldn't just steamroll them. But on my, on my friend's screen, they showed to be his level 8, level 9, level 10. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so you don't, you can go back and still have fun, still have a challenge, and thereby still get gear. Because, you know, he's yeah, coming. I like that feature coming to unique chest just like you are so i got i got the assault rifle i'm using right now which is super powerful assault rifle from hopping in that earlier game i'm still using it then you know take it back to your game and continue on <clears throat> so that Very cool. that right there is like amazing it. uh i will end up getting borderlands 3 but it will be down the road because my things that i want to finish up yeah it's a time sink. Like I yeah. fully expect to, but uh, I will probably be playing it right up to October first when Shadowkeep hits because it's it's a time sink. Then you have like base. I'm gonna just call it New Game Plus, where you go back in and play at higher levels to get better gear. So you're like min maxing your character. That's cool. Or you know, if you max your character out, you go play another character, unique playstyle, completely same story, but you know have their twist on things. And now their play style. So, so yeah, it's just hours upon hours upon hours. They said about a forty-hour playthrough. Um, that's if you're like beelining it to the finish line, avoiding all side quests, which I can't do. I I've almost completely cleared out every world along the way. Yeah, I can't. Collectibles. I can't skip things. It's just I can't <laughs> do it. It drives me nuts. So yeah. But for any of those listening, I will say it again. If you enjoyed Borderlands 1 and 2 of how they did and you just want a more refined Borderlands, get Borderlands 3. Yeah. Recommend it 100%. I am so glad I paid full price for it. I it, Definitely worth it. And I look forward to jumping back into it and finishing the game. And hopefully, pending time, pending, you know, getting close to October 1st, I will start some new Game Plus on it. It's cool. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm finishing up um, Borderlands 2 just to kind of rehash the story again. And then I'll end up picking Borderlands 3 up sometime later down the road because Shadowkeep will be out. And, you know, Time Sync will be back in Destiny yep. uh, doing our thing. That's going to be a lot of content when it hits. So um, I'm trying to finish up the three or four story games that I've got right now to get them out of the way. They're good. Um, I've kind of been playing on and off. Uh, weeks with them so not just playing straight through with one just to kind of take a break from the grind of games and different things and this has been a nice little break yeah so. for sure so that was yeah. my mayhem filled description of borderlands 3 very cool uh, now i'll turn it over to one that i haven't played a whole lot but i know you jumped into as you were looking for a mmo type game and I would very yeah. like to know your experience with yeah. Scrolls Online. Speaking of things that are grindy, um, MMO RPG style games are always grindy, no matter which one you pick. They 
it's just the nature of an MMO. You're going to do things over and over and over and over and over some more. And it's just the way MMOs are designed. Um, they are meant for team play, large scale worlds, and ESO is no different. Um, I broke this up into two different parts, the negatives and the positives. We'll talk about the positives first. Um, so my experience in ESO, uh, I have probably dropped about mm, 40 hours into it now, which is a lot. Really? In the ESO? In, in, in any game. So, yeah, I've been staying up late playing it. <laughs> Ish. Uh, so here's my thought on it. Um, to drop any amount of time into a game, you, you have to be sucked into the story. It has to be catchy. You have to understand and, and know there's a purpose for what you're doing. And ESO, um, it's a big adventure. It's a big story. Um, let's talk Skyrim for just a minute. Anybody who's an old school gamer that played Skyrim knows the um, game style and the the story of Skyrim was amazing. I played that game over and over and over. Loved exploring the world and, and how it functioned. ESO is completely different. It still goes back and, and gives an amazing story. There's a lot of uh, the world and your character and trying to figure out what class you want to be. It's your straight-up style MMO. And I think ESO does a good job or best they can anyways of giving you that MMO style experience. So that's a good positive. They have done the best they can with the style of game that ESO is to give you a really good um, experience. And They've done a good job. A ton of people love this game. Um, it's not a free-roaming style like Skyrim was. It, it's not going to um, be a progression-style game. It is a typical MMO. There's going to be a lot of go find this at this certain place, pick up these quests from these different areas, grind through dungeons, grind through different quests. So anybody that's looking for a Skyrim-style game, don't pick up ESO. It is not a progressional style game. It, you're going to be bored out of your mind. You're going to hate doing all the grindy style work. The lore in the game is fantastic. If you love stories, if you love lore, it is deeply rooted in the game. And you're going to be able to find a ton about Tamriel, the world. Um, unfortunately for me, the, the game mechanics and the game systems just didn't support enough of that story to make it fun for me and there's a lot of buggy and broken things in the game um, it just mechanically did not feel good to me so it really kind of took away from the story experience and for me i have to have a story no matter what game i'm playing for it to be fun i i can't do the mindless numbing work of an mmo unless i've got a story behind it and Unfortunately, playing Lord of the Rings online for so many years spoiled me in the MMO world, and so did WoW. WoW spoiled me in the MMO world as well, because, I mean, those two games, they just kind of set the bar for how an MMO should be run, function. They also set the bar for how an MMO should not be run as well. They did some good things, and they also did some bad things. Um, 
ESO kind of has this weird hybrid feel to it. It's like they want to be a, an MMO, but they're not quite sure how to get there. So there's this, it's just a weird feel in the game. Um, the game has a ton of content. I mean, we're talking a hundred hours plus of the main story. That's a lot of content for a main story. That's ridiculous. You're not going to, yeah, a hundred. I mean, you're probably going to pump 150 hours into the epic story just to finish the, the main storyline. It's huge. And I'm assuming that some of the, uh, main store, like you have to hit you got to level up to hit certain points in the game before you yes. can progress the main story. Yes, you do. So there, I mean, there, there are certain areas of the world that you don't travel to. You can't travel to because you're under leveled. So you go there and you know, the, the, the enemies in the area are 20 levels above you and they've got skulls above your head, their, their head and you can't damage. Them, right. Um, there are specific things within the epic storyline that will take you to areas that um, you can still play through, but you do have to have some of the grindy work on the outside of the epic store. You cannot just jump into the game and play the epic store. You're not going to level like you need to. You're not going to find the gear that you need to. You're not going to grab a hold of the weapons that you need to. You're not going to find the resources and, and mine things that you need to for the resources and crafting. If you just go into the story and say, hey, I'm going to play the main story only. That's not how an MMO functions. If you want that, go find a game like Skyrim and play a progressional leveling system. That's, that's what people that want to jump into a game like this um, want. If they want main story only, go find you a progressional system. Not, not an MMO by any means, especially not this one. Well, I think a lot of people, like myself included, when they saw Elder oh. Cool. We can, you know, just be, you know, just like we had in Skyrim, but with other people. This is fantastic. You can. I mean, you can play the world of Tamriel people, but it is not going to be Skyrim, any means, at all. That that comes into <laughs> some of the, that comes into some of the negative play for me uh, because. Yes, uh, Skyrim was an exciting game. It was fun seeing that world. ESO is different, though. Um, so let me finish my positives, and then we'll jump into the negatives of why I did not care for this game at all. <laughs> okay. Um, so two, two things that they've done well, um, really, is that epic story. I've played some of it, not a lot of it, but some of it. And they've done a good job of keeping the content really well put together. It's attractive. There's a lot of story to get through, but there's also a grind that comes with that content. And that's what makes a good MMO is a grind with the content as long as it's put together correctly. And they've done a good job with the story and weaving that in. But like I said, it, it just didn't have the game mechanics to back the story. It was really clunky. And I think they did a good job with the, the actual world quests itself. Outside of the main story, you can travel to the different cities. You can speak with the NPCs. You can pick up quests. You can go do all the side missions you want. You can find anything and everything inside the game. You can craft. You can 
make tonics. You can craft weapons and armor and, and, and do anything and everything that you want to. You can go kill all the bugs and all the little side creatures that you want and, and level and, and do anything that you Plus, it has an epic soundtrack. And that is one thing that Elder Scrolls has always been good at, is their music. And, and this is no different. ESO has an amazing soundtrack, and that makes it a little more appealing than if it didn't have the soundtrack. This would have been a really bad experience, honestly, for me. So you just say it's, you said soundtrack, soundtrack, could it rival that that we had in Skyrim? Yes, I think, I think it does a good job of being on par with Skyrim, for sure. Okay, it that's is, good to hear. It is definitely within the same realm of what they did for Skyrim, for sure. Um, the, the crafting system was also pretty decent. Wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst either. Um, cr- I love crafting in MMOs. Gathering resources, making armor, that, that whole process is just, for whatever reason, it's relaxing to me. So I could sit there and craft things all freaking day long in an MMO if the system is done right. Um, this one, though, did have some downsides. And one of the biggest, and I think any MMO has this, you will need pack mules all day long in this game because the amount of resources that it takes to craft things is absurd. So there are two major flaws with their craft system. One, the amount of materials that it takes to actually craft things and the level of detail that it takes to actually craft something is cool, but the system is kind of buggy and mechanically failed when it comes to trying to make those things. Two, there are zero places to sell items that you do not want or do not need any longer in your or bag spaces except for the world channels or a gilded bank and if you're not part of a guild you can't sell a dang thing except for in world chat and that is a broken and flawed system inside an mmo wow did not know that Yes. But over, overall, I think they did an okay job with this. Not great, but okay. Okay. Now, do you want, do you want the negatives? I was, I was waiting. I was like, is because is, you, you included quite a few there. But it's like, are we yeah. waiting for the fire hose of negatives now? I mean, those were, those were the best positives I've had at the game. <laughs> now, now it's time for the negatives. So... Um, let's talk about the bad experiences that I had inside the game. The first one is um, it had some of the most annoying bugs in a system that I've ever seen. What, the Elder Scrolls games with bugs? No, you just... Right. This one, this one really kind of topped off the cake, though. I mean, I've seen buggy systems before, but I'm talking glitchy, um, everything from graphics to connection level. Um, things that are supposed to be commands that you can do with inside of the game, not working correctly. You walk up to an NPC and he gives you a list of things that you can select from and you try to select it and the system doesn't process and play what it's supposed to. So there, there are just buggy things within the game. It's, it's an older game that happens. It, it does, but uh, it takes away from that experience. 
Um, finding a guild in the game is not one of the easiest processes. It's pretty labor-intensive, and because the game has been around for so long, a lot of the guilds are dying, dead, not active, and the ones that are active have got an absurd amount of people in them. I mean, we're talking 500 plus. <laughs> Sounds like the, hey, everybody's on the sinking raft all at one time. Yes. Um, the, the few guilds that I had been talking to, I mean, some were in the smaller ranges between 60 to 100 people, um, fairly active throughout the week. Some of the bigger ones that I got a hold of, you know, between two and 500 people. Um, hit or miss on what they were and weren't doing so you know like any big mmo you're talking hundreds of thousands of people all across this world have gotten into this game and played millions of people have played this game so yeah it it's kind of a labor intensive thing to get in menu systems aren't the best they're designed pretty poorly when it comes to searching for guilds it's not easily accessible um, it's hard to find where you're supposed to go look for a guild. So that was kind of a, a you know, a lackluster for me. Uh, of course, gold spammers, they exist in every MMO, and uh -huh. they are terrible in ESO. I mean, the world chats are blown up with gold spammers. So it was one of those, hey, I'm two days into the game, and I am muting as many channels as I can because they just blow up with junk. So, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like uh, sounds like wow there. Yeah, wow, wow was another one. So, um, the biggest takeaway for me out of the game is overall the game looks terrible. Graphically, the game is ugly. It is it is not polished at all. Their their landscapes are extremely drab, um, and they just the detail of the world, I mean, riding through certain areas, the buildings look shoddy at best. A lot of the landscapes are pixelated. Trees look like a 2D object that they've tried to make 3D out of something from a 2000-style game of Skyrim. <laughs> I mean, it looked bad. It really did. Um, so that, that mixed with everything else that we that I've kind of experienced in the game so far just took even more of that story experience away because it looks bad. It didn't function good. Um, so this really cool story that we, that we got to have through Skyrim and the world of Tamriel and just this whole elder scrolls deal with the lore and everything I love, but the game system itself, I didn't, um, with the combat, the combat mechanics were, not terrible, but they weren't good either. They were very clunky. So um, if if someone comes into an MMO and they're not to the way uh, an MMO system is designed, this game has your typical MMO functions with on-screen blocking as well. So if you have an enemy that is blocking or striking over top, you can function your character to block that attack on top and counter it as well as still try to function and move and, and do the other things. So the system is a little clunky for movement. Um, the camera angles and stuff didn't do the greatest job of keeping up with where you were moving. So with all of that, 
it took a lot away from the environment. It took a lot away from the actual combat itself. The whole crafting, here's my biggest problem with the crafting and really badly designed UI. There was no search feature in any vault or any storage area that you had. So let's say you were searching for a certain type of metal. You couldn't just type that in. You literally had to scroll through however many pages of material that you had. And you can't <laughs> even sort the thing. You just had to randomly stumble upon whatever material it was you were looking for. If you had 10 pages worth of material, guess what? You're looking through 10 pages worth of material to try to find this thing. Which is weird because even with the age of this game, that's kind of a you know it, normal feature now. It Search should bars. be. It should be, but this one didn't have it. Uh, and then really my, my last kind of big little meh with the game was kind of the multiplayer functions that you get with it. Um, they don't always work like they should. Um, syncing with other players was really hard. Trying to invite someone to a party, joining up with them, trying to sync quests together. There were multiple times where, you know, I tried to sync with people and, and go play a dungeon or or do something. And I don't know, it just the quest never timed up correctly. And I've only gotten a few instances where I was able to play multiplayer with people. And I never did, I never joined a guild, but you just join, you know, random blueberries out in the world. And, you know, you sync up, figure out what, um, you know, what you need to be doing. But once we finally did get synced up, the, the actual challenge of going and doing a dungeon or, or enemies really wasn't there. So that's one thing I've heard a lot from people is the lower level instances are pretty squishy. doesn't take a lot of effort. Um, once you reach level cap 50, I think is where it is. Um, anything past that, which is, I think is the veteran levels. So um, anything past level 50 is considered a veteran level in the game. And that takes what they've said is kind of the combat skill system. And they've improved it, apparently. I haven't made it to there, um, nor will I, because I don't plan on going back and playing it. But um, yeah, I, to me, just overall, the game was too disconnected from the game mechanics to the story to really enjoy the, the game itself. It was not Skyrim for me. They didn't do a good job with bringing the story with the mechanics over. Even though I love MMOs and I love the grind, this one just wasn't for me. I gotta say that, you know, when when you say that to me earlier and just read on a, I was shocked. Honestly, I thought out of all current MMOs, this would probably be one that hit you know, hit your list as the new good modern one. <laughs> Cause I knew I I knew it still had a following and they're still releasing the expansions for it. And yeah. I, I some from some time to time I, I watch people play it. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I kind of watch the combat. They're in a combat scenario. I don't like know a whole lot of details, but I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Okay, typical MMO stuff. But uh, this kind of surprised me a lot of this, uh, what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of expect more from it. I, same. I was really expecting a different experience. But um, again, I, I, played, I played MMOs for eight years straight. So I may be I may be burned out on MMOs. I mean I, I may have not had a long enough break from an MMO to to, to ever come back to one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not, because you know, WoW Classic. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I 
I now, can't I'm, see myself. I can't see myself paying fifteen bucks a month just to come back and play something that I played so long ago. Even though it would be so much fun, just to have that nostalgic camaraderie and playing with people again. I don't know. I just I can't do it. Yeah, and I totally see that because even like right now, I've I've been pulled away from classic because of big games that are hitting in the next several weeks. So much good stuff coming out. Yeah. So. Um, regrinding all that, which is going to be a grind. Uh, it's just not in the cards at the moment. Yeah. I do have characters out there. I do have characters I leveled up. Right. Uh, a decent level, but maybe I'll, I'll maybe go back to them. So I even, I even went back last week actually for, to just see what was out there um, from an MMO standpoint, just looking at different games there's not a lot out there. I mean, other than some of the old classics that are out there. I mean, there's a few new ones that have come out. Some of them are, you know, just dumb and cheesy. And others, they tried to make that kind of classic MMO. They just haven't done a good enough job to really have a big following. I even went back and logged into my old Lotro account. And, uh, nice. Yeah, it was, it was a cool feeling. You, know? you see some of the characters. The uh, the kinship that I was part of is just completely dead. I mean, people haven't logged in for like 500 days. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, you know, that game was made and came out in 2005. Yeah, two, or 2006, actually. So it's old. Yeah, it's old. But uh, yeah, that was my experience for that MMO, and wasn't good overall. Okay. Yeah, wasn't good. Um, now another one that uh, you've talked a lot about previous to this point. And oh my god, I love uh, these freaking games. <laughs> I, I I need to go play. I just need to go play one of the Telltale games. I absolutely adore the game mechanics of the Telltale game series, and they have not made a game that I. Um, the, the one we're going to talk about is definitely number one on the list for me. Number two is a wolf among us. It does not get old. I have played it and played it and played it. And I love the story enough to go back and play it more. It is just that good. <laughs> um, this, so telltale made a walk dead series game and it started back in, let's see, 2000 and 11 so almost eight years ago and you got introduced to a character named clementine she was a little girl and lee lee was one of your uh, main play and the telltale games team does an amazing job writing scripts and stories that are just attractive and fun to listen to they are also extremely good at voice acting because the teams are great at recruiting. So mixed between amazing voice actors, an amazing script, really cool gameplay, they created a system that brought people in over and over and over and over. And it was a really cool functioning game. It was not that buggy at all. Um, it did have its downfalls, just like any game, but they just recently came out with another edition of The Walking Dead. Telltale really doesn't even exist anymore as a company, 
um, as of September-ish, October-ish of 2018, their um, games basically got bought out by another company called Skybound. Um, Telltale did not make the best money decisions. Apparently, they had some management issues. So another company came in, bought the rights to all of their games, and the games are still being published, but it's through Skybound now and not Telltale. So if you rewind the clock here just a little bit, any of the Walking Dead fans know about the final season that came out. It was the fall of last year, so 2018. We had the final season come out. Um, the final season doesn't mean the end of the game series. According to the Telltale director at that time, he said it was... Um, basically just the end of Clementine's story. So you've got a main character, and over the seven years that you got to play her and her, her comrades that, that, that followed her, it was basically the end of her story. And I don't know if Skybound will come back and do anything else with the story. To me, the story is finished. It's done. I've played all of them. I've finished all of them, but they've got a new one coming out. It's called Telltale, or actually it is already out. It came out September 10th. It's called the Telltale Games Walking Dead Definitive Edition. So what is that? What does it look like? It is every episode from season one to the end of the game, and you get to play that Clementine story with a remastered voiceover for a lot of the actors. They have redone a lot of animations within the games and brought them up to uh, the new current game engine that actually ran for um, the final season, which was basically a flawless system, if you ask me. So they, they released this. It's got... 23 episodes that you can play through all in one game. So no more waiting if you've never played it and you want to jump in and see what the Walking Dead game is all about. I will say this, it is an emotional game as heck because they get you tied to these characters and like I said, it's just like watching a movie. And if you enjoy certain characters in movies, you get tied to that person and they end up dying and they do a good job of just making it a tear jerking moment. Like I'm going to tug at those heartstrings. Right. And that's what telltale was famous for is making a, an emotional story um, on paper and on a, on a video of life. And it's fun. So uh, if you guys have never played it, uh, definitive edition is out now. Definitely play it. It's out for PC, windows, Xbox, all the things. And uh, it was definitely fun to play through. And, uh, get a hold of clementine i have to say you know, it, it was not on my radar at all you know you talk about him a lot in reference to him and i you know been meaning to get into him but having a collection of all of them in one spot yeah that's tempting it is tempting um I, e so i own all the games but i want it just because they're all in one freaking spot like i don't right. have to go <laughs> select all the different things it's just right there uh so yeah nice well, cool. For all those out there that are Telltale lovers right there or haven't played all the games or looking to play them, Definite Edition already out right now. Go check it out. 
it's uh, Xbox One, PC, and PS4? Come PS4 Switch. has it as well, yeah. I wonder if they've released it for the Switch. Because that would be I, awesome. I, I would probably pick it up on the Switch. Be I don't awesome think they have. Game. That would be a really cool travel game. But, all right, so... So now, now we're going to talk about what we should have talked about first, but we didn't. We chose <laughs> to talk about first what we were talking about last, but now we... Okay, I'm done. That you now you confused them and they've stopped listening. Congratulations. They've stopped listening. Congratulations. All the audience. But guys, guys. <gasps> Super Nintendo on the Switch. On the Switch. Absolutely. It freaking happened. Happened. Yes. yes. Mm. Everybody, everybody, I know if you're listening, you're gonna go, mmm. Yeah. It's uh it's just right up here, right in the script. It's about time. Like it is about time. How many classic games were there? the super nintendo oh my god so many hundreds hundreds, hundreds. well now and... we've only got a small collection coming out for the switch but we've got some good stuff coming out yeah big ones like the top games that yeah were brought in most popular of the super nintendo um so uh it was announced i think it was available that same day i know it's already available now you if you're uh, one caveat is you have to have Nintendo Switch online, you but if you do, you automatically have it, and you just need to download the Nintendo Super Nintendo kind of app on your Switch. Once it's done downloading, you just go in, and it just has a nice little wall of games, and you select one, and it boots up like that. Yeah, ready to go. And some of them you can go into Kirby Dreamland Three, the original <laughs> Star Fox, Super Mario Kart. Uh, one that I played and plan on replaying again, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Oh, that was so good. So good. Uh, and then the like one of the best speedrunning games for Mario, Super Mario World. You have Super mm. Metroid in there and probably the best on the entire list, A Link to the Past, is also yeah. in there. Link to the Past was amazing. Super Metroid was one of my favorite games of time. Super Mario World was so good. Um, Star Fox was one of my favorite games. I played the crap out of that game. And then you got Super Mario Kart. I put so many hours into Super <laughs> Mario Kart. <laughs> you and me both. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I didn't, didn't play it as much as I did uh, Yoshi's Island or A Link to the Past. But that's, I mean, that's, that was the entrance of Mario Kart right there. That was the birth yeah, of Mario Kart. So... You get to relive all those. Um, yeah, and it, it just, they're, they play so smooth, so well. It was just like you're playing on the Super Nintendo, except now you have it portable, which is honestly one of the reasons why I didn't go and grab one of the classic consoles that Nintendo's Same. release. Uh, I it figured was cool they were going to do something like this. Yeah, we already saw it happen with the net, uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System. We saw that happen. It was just a matter of time. Everybody's worried when they started announcing the classic consoles. So like, oh, well, they're never going to release it for the Switch because they're basically now competing with themselves at this point. Because, you know, why would you get a console when you could just have Switches and they yeah. automatically come with it? And they come so, with it. Yeah. Uh, downside being, you have to be part of the subscription, but there's ways around it. Like, I personally am part of a family subscription, which if you can get enough people as part of it, it's really cheap to go That's and cool. have access to all this. So option for those out there if you're listening that if you got some people some buddies that you know we can all get on the same plan all linked together and there you go you have access to the two 
catalogs available right now. They've already announced they're going to release more games at a slow trickle. A couple games here, a couple games there over time for the Super Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't release things on a fast schedule. Yeah. Ever. So, um, uh, yeah. But they did also introduce stuff that uh, was in the classic consoles and has been part of the Nintendo Entertainment System uh, is save states for games that didn't have it before. Mm, I don't like this feature. I'm just going to say it right off the bat. <laughs> this is that's cheating. True. This is cheating. Yeah, the save state one, that's... that's I can swing that one. I, I'm okay with that because some okay, of those games... I'm- I'm okay with that one. It's the rewind function. <laughs> yeah, I'm rewind. sorry. Woof. If you grew up in the 80s playing any of these games and you use that rewind function, then shame on you. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. I just say, I'll just, oh. But like all those that are re-experiencing, or not re-experiencing, experiencing the games for the first time, so those that didn't play yeah. on the Super Nintendo, uh, it is definitely a hand-holding type situation. Once you figure that out, I still don't know how to activate the rewind, and I won't actively investigate until I happen to act, do it. But yeah, I I don't know. This just games back in the '80s and '90s were much than they are today. They were hard. They, they were, were they were hard, yeah. and it yeah. took some skill and some some actual you know finesse to beat some of these bosses and learn the learn the system. And there's some you know, definite uh, advances graphically, but I think some of these old school games had a lot going for them. I mean, take Super Metroid, for instance. I mean, shoot, take one of one of our, uh, you know, favorites. If you look at Zelda, I mean, that took some skill and an actual understanding of, you know, some of the RPG aspects of a game to to really go in and beat some of these uh, some of these levels. Yeah. So. And if you if you happen to die, well, congratulations. There's about two hours of work you're not going to have to redo. Yeah. So, or I mean, take Mega Man, for instance. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mega Man, still one of my all-time favorite games. And, uh, you know, I've tried to go in and do the speed run levels like some of the new guys are, are doing. I can't do it. I'm just, <laughs> I am not good enough to do that stuff anymore. It don't function. My brain is like, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> What's jump button again? Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It is hard. But it also it shows off the skill. So uh, of the speedrunners, and I wonder if uh, some of these games for which people have uh, speedran still have the glitches that allowed them to get to like links the past. You can quote unquote beat the game in like four minutes by utilizing a glitch in the game at the very start without you even getting the sword you glitch through the game and get all the way to the final scene of the of the game but i wonder if that's still in there in the console like i wonder if they've fixed some things uh a good question because of some of those uh, some of those speedrunners they tend to go with like the japanese version or they tend right. to like the actual cartridge um Maybe that's also a requirement. Like you have to play on the actual cartridge on the actual Super Nintendo when it comes to act- the competitions. Uh, but then with that, with you learning how to play the game, I can see how the rewind, rewind function is going to benefit those. Like 
yes, you have the option. I want to go as, you know, hardcore original as possible. Okay, don't use the rewind. Just play through the game. Or yeah, if you want to yeah. learn every little intricacy without having to completely replay the game, rewind. Okay, the boss does that. Okay, so maybe I could do this. Or you f- try to figure out how to beat the boss faster, right? I mean, I I get it. I mean, I'm I understand. Playing, I'm playing the... Uh, you're the, playing devil's the advocate right yes. now. Yep. Listen here. And I'm right there with you. Like, that completely changes the function of most of these games in this list if we had a rewind function. Oh, I died. Oh, rewind. Immediately yeah, it, back to that it, point. It completely it changes it. You no it longer does. have that fear of, you know, oh, my in Super Metroid, my last save spot was, oh, geez, that was like yeah. an hour ago, and I've been battling this. Right. Oh, I died. And you've got to uh, replay that stuff. Yeah, and it, it created so much frustration, but I think it also, it created some pretty cool and fun moments for a lot of people because of, like you said, that, oh my gosh, my save point was an hour ago, and I've got play all this so it it made you play games differently than it does today yeah so i mean i've already been playing it like i immediately booted up yoshi's islands like oh yes it's so much fun it's so much welcome welcome yeah so So i can't wait to go on next business trip and take that switch and play some super nintendo I don't get a lot of time on the Switch because it is the wife's and the kids, so they they pretty much <laughs> download uh, it for their sake. Unless right. you, you already have it. You- uh, yeah, yeah. The Super Metroid is. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I got about I got about twenty five minutes into it, and they're like, "Oh, what is that? I want to play." <laughs> Listen here, punk. <laughs> get away! I'm trying to fight through Brimstar right now. Right. Back off. Back up. Dad's dad's reliving some childhood. (laughs) (laughs) No, Dad, you got to do the rewind right here because it really helped. Don't you dare. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, no, no. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yep. I can definitely see those conversations. But uh, it also, so this happened. It gives us hope and, and, and hope that they will continue with this kind of development. Uh, even though they didn't do it with the classic consoles, that they will have a Nintendo 64 catalog, a GameCube catalog, probably yeah. the most requested. Oh, I I loved my GameCube. I would still play my GameCube. Oh it. yeah, yeah, absolutely. They uh, the GameCube is the most requested because it has some of the you know besides um, besides what you have on N64. You have the most, some of the most loved games of a generation on the GameCube. Oh yeah, right there. And then being able to re-experience those, uh, we had a taste of the mo- quote unquote mobile N64 when they opened the catalog on the Wii U, which uh, they fixed games that were buggy as heck on yeah. the N64 that they re-released. And I bought, I absolutely bought a handful of N64 games on the Wii U. That's cool. But having them there and then have now having more, or I, I hope and pray, Nintendo, please, I beg you, keep going. Let's, yeah, I would, I would love to about see. About a year from now, maybe, games. let's see the N64 catalog. Yeah, yeah N64 I'll be okay with GameCube. the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Until then, I, I'll just keep using my emulator. 
Yep. Yeah. I mean, the thing that... I mean, the thing that plays those games legally, right? Yes, absolutely, because we do yeah. actually own those games. That's Yes, we, we, we actually do own those games. <laughs> At one time, we owned those games. At one time. Yes. But... <sighs> but, on that, uh, but on that note, I think it is time to wrap up this episode. So we want to thank all you guys for hanging with us and just continually pouring out your support. So guys, we just, as a couple of geeks to a bunch of other geeks, thank you so much for your guys' continued support. You guys rock. Absolutely. Absolutely. I say this every episode, but we're just two geeks, record stuff. We like to talk about it. And we are humbled that you guys enjoy listening to our podcast. Uh, I, from me, from all of us, thank you for the support. If you did enjoy this episode, you can be sure to subscribe to the show and drop us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or you can download it on any of our favorite pod, any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also connect with us over on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can connect with me over on Twitch, Victus Dark Arrow. You can find me out there. I stream. Uh, or on our website at allthingsgeekery.com, and those links will be in the notes below. Absolutely. And liking the show, sharing the show, commenting on the show, writing a review for the show does help us out a ton, guys. And we just thank you for that continued support. And if you guys have any specific topics you would want us to cover in any future episode, just email those to us over at podcastatg at gmail.com. Connect with us out on all of social spaces. Anytime you want, hit us up. We are always active and out there doing things in the interwebs. But guys, that wraps up this podcast. So as always, you guys stay awesome, and we will see you in the next episode.